This message is from Icon, from Community, Icon Church. Community Church. Icon is a church located in Metro located Atlanta. In Metro Atlanta. Atlanta. Grace, 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 community, community, community and renewal. renewal. Community and renewal. For more information, please visit our website at iconcommunitychurch.org. At iconcommunitychurch.org. Or follow us on Facebook. Instagram. A Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Buenos dias, church. Buenos dias, Icon Community Church. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning with the people of God this morning. The first thing that I want to do is I want to thank Pastor Daryl and Pastora Jennifer for this gracious invitation to share the power of your pulpit, to share and welcome me into this space and into your homes and your hearts. And like we do in Nicaraguan tradition, when someone or a preacher or pastor visits another church, we always say we bring you greetings from the church where we come from. So in the same way, in the same manner, I like to extend uh, love and grace and mercy to you and say, I bring you greetings from the church we hope for with my co-pastor, Bobby Harrison. And we send you greetings and we say thank you for having us here with you this morning. Today, I'm going to be speaking on Micah 6. So I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to Micah 6. Last week, Pastora Jennifer uh, spoke on Micah 1 through 5, and she laid out a, an excellent foundation on uh, the beginnings uh, of this book. And so today, my hope is to go and walk towards Micah 6, 8. And so we begin with the name of this book. The first thing that I want to say is that the name of this book is just as important. It gives us an indication and a glimpse of what God is trying to do throughout this book. The name Micah begins with a question and is and has the form of a question. The name Micah means who is like the Lord. It is an invitation. It begins from his own name saying who is like the Lord. There is no one. We know that that's the answer, that there is no one like the Lord. And so we begin with his name and from his name because it tells us what God wants us to know about him. Micah, who is like the Lord, is an affirmation of God's character. Micah begins uh, with a reflection on God's character, that there is no one like the Lord. So that is the who of who Micah is. The where is also important. In Micah 1, it says that the word of the Lord, which came to Micah, which means who is like the Lord, of Moresheth in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. The who is very important. Moresheth is a small town near the town of Bethlehem. Micah is a prophet of a small agricultural village near Bethlehem, if that doesn't ring a bell. And Micah is a prophet of the poor. It is different than uh, Isaiah. Isaiah and Micah are contemporary prophets of each other. They lived around the same time. They spoke up about the same injustices, but they were doing so from different places because place is important. Isaiah, he speaks from the palace. He speaks against the religious leadership and he's speaking and crying out as an aristocrat prophet from the palace. But Micah, 
speaks from Morishev. He speaks from the people, from a village, from a place of pain. He is a prophet of the poor. He has proximity to the poor. He speaks from the place where he is with the poor. He has a place and a pain to speak about. He is not separate from that pain. He has a place and a people and he knows that pain. He has suffered greatly in his life. So he's a suffering prophet, a prophet of the poor. He speaks from the pain and in the pain and to the people in pain. And he does not spare the religious leadership of the time, just like Isaiah. He's not more or less than Isaiah. They just speak from different places. And that is important. Morsheth, place is important. He knows where he is from. You are not just from nowhere. You are from somewhere. And so God raises up prophets and prophetess from his own people. He raises up from the communities those that he will send, those that we, who will speak, and those that will see that justice is brought forth. Micah is speaking against the city and speaking against the religious leadership and there's internal problems going on in the community and there's external problems going out in the community as well. Some of the what, like what is happening? So we know the who, we know the where, but now what is it that's happening? Pastora Jennifer already gave you some of that information religiously. There, the community is turning to fortune tellers, to carved images, to sorcerers, and that's what's happening internally in the distortion of worship. Politically and economically, they are exploiting the vulnerable. Exploiting the vulnerable, there's aggressive land practices, they're evicting uh, moms and women uh, away from their houses in Micah 2 9. And, and it's interesting, in, in, in Micah 2 9, it says that the children, you're taking my splendor forever away from the children. So the Imago day of God is being distorted, dehumanized, desecrated. And Micah has something to say about that. And it reflects back to the people, the religious leaders, that God is not happy. This is an indictment. Chapter 6 is an indictment, especially to the religious leadership of the time. Because they're violating God's heart. And who is like the Lord? God's heart is a heart of love. And he has a love for the last and the lost and the least and the lonely and the left out. And those get uh, delineated and, and listed in chapters 1 through 5. And God says, you have forgotten my faithfulness. And you have forgotten that I've asked you to take care of the last, the lost, the least, the lonely, and the left out. The love of God is central to reflecting God's character of justice. The love of God is central in this book because even though it is one of the smallest books, it is high in indictment about you have forgotten God's love for his people. So we get to Micah 6 and we get to Micah 6 and it says here in Micah 6, hear now what the Lord Yahweh is saying, arise, 
Plead your case before the mountains and let the hill, hills hear your voice. Listen, you mountains, to the indictment of Yahweh and you enduring foundations of the earth because the Lord has a case against his people. The Lord is putting his own people, God's own people on trial. The Lord Yahweh has a case against God's own people. Even with Israel, God will dispute. My people, what have I done to you? God says, what have I done to you? And how have I wearied you? Are you tired of me? How have I wearied you? Answer me. He has put them on trial. Indeed, I brought you up from the land of Egypt and ransomed you from the house of slavery. He is reminding them where they have come from because that's how you forget where you are going. When you forget God's faithfulness, it is easy to not know how to put feet to your faith. I sent you Moses, verse four. I sent you Aaron and I sent you Miriam. Interesting that Aaron, Moses, and Miriam are put on the same plane both women and men who were sent forth as messengers to activate God's love, to activate God's justice, to activate God's liberation. I sent them to you equally before God and equally before people. These prophets and prophetesses, I sent them to you and you didn't listen to them. I sent them to you. My people remember now what Balak, king of Moab, counseled, and what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him, and from Shittim to Gilgal, so that you might know the righteous acts of the Lord, so that you might remember the righteous acts of the Lord as well. With what shall I come to the Lord? Verse 6. And bow myself before the God on high. Shall I come to him with burnt offerings, with yearling calves? Does the Lord take delight in thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall, shall I present my firstborn for my rebellious acts, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? God is describing the shape of his heart. And as he describes the shape of his heart, he is describing what he desires and longs to be the shape of the heart of his people, of a community. So God says that his God-shaped justice is a heart-shaped justice. Not like your justice, not like my justice. That is limiting justice, limiting love. He says that love has to have my shape. It begins and ends in God's heart. It originates with God's love because when we depart from him and his heart, we tend to put our agenda and our heart and our ideas of justice. But who is like the Lord? There is no one. There is none like the love of the Lord. And so he is saying that this community of worship a worshiping community, which I saw on y'all's website, that word and worship are important as a means of grace, as how the love of God flows into the community. Interesting how this worshiping community is being challenged to reflect back God's character, which is love for the last, for the lost, for the least, for the lonely and the left out. 
the love of God must be formed and moved and created and awakened and it must dance among us, dance among the community. And God is saying, my people, you have forgotten. You have forgotten the ethics of my love. The five most vulnerable people in the Old Testament, if I could summarize the gospel as it is understood in the language of the Old Testament, is to have love for the five ultra-vulnerable groups. The orphan, the widow, the poor, the sick, and the immigrant or the foreigner. God says, if you love me, you will love them. And what he is saying in verses six on our way to stepping stone to verse eight, what he is saying that in the previous chapters, there's an anticipation of restoration. There's an anticipation of salvation and there's an anticipation of worship that God is sending in chapter five. We read this during Advent all the time. In chapter five, we hear that that from Bethlehem, a savior will be born. And Micah is prophesying about that. So he's saying this worshiping community ought to look like this. Do not forget my faithfulness. Do not forget my loving kindness. And so enact it and execute it like this. He says, you know what I want? You know what I really want? God says, I, I don't want your burnt offerings. I don't, I don't, I don't want your calves. I don't, don't need a thousand of your rams. I don't, I don't need a thousand rivers of oil. I don't even need your firstborn. I don't even need the fruit of your body. But I've already told you what I need. I need a show and tell. Don't tell me that you love me in the gathered community. Don't tell me that you love me in the time of worship because if your worship, if your <laughs> Life doesn't worship God Monday through Saturday, neither will your songs on Sunday. That's what God is saying. So check your worship at the door. Check your songs at the door in the gathered, com gathered community, in the worshiping community. He says, I don't need a just telling. I need a show and tell. Don't tell me that you love me, show me that you love them. Show me how you love the orphan, the widow, the poor, the sick, the foreigner, the mother that has been evicted. Show me how you love the marginalized. That will be your act of worship Monday through Saturday. If your life, if our life, let me use an I statement, if my life, an I statement, if our life as a gathered community doesn't worship God in this way, neither will our songs on Sunday. So God is almost rejecting these acts of worship and saying, you know what my heart wants? I need the compassion of God in this gathered community. I need the faithfulness of God. I need the loyalty of God. I need the forgiveness of God that you have received to flow to you, the one that has flown to you, to also flow through you. That's what I need. I need the world to see a show and tell. Tell them that I love them and show them that I, I love them and I will be among you. I've told you, oh woman, oh man, oh human, what is good? And what does Yahweh require of you? 
but to do justice, to love kindness or to love mercy, some versions say, and to walk humbly with your God. That is an invitation into verbs. That is an invitation into action. These words here, uh, one of our uh, pastors in our community recently preached on these ver- on these words and I learned something new. She said, Pastor Mary Ellen Asad, I want to give her credit because she just fed this to us a couple of weeks ago. These words are relational words. They require that you be in intimate relationship with God and an intimate relationship with your others in community. In the same way that Micah was not preaching from away from the community, but he was part of the community, God has a people and a place and wants to inhabit his own people in that that certain place. Micah was not removed from the community. He was speaking from these words to act justly, to love mercy, to uh, walk humbly, require relationship, your relationship with God and your relationship with others. What a gift to see them as relational words and relational words that lead into action. It is an invitation to love God and to be loved by God and to love others like God. My friend Phil Allen, also a pastor who preached recently on this verse in our church, likes to say that justice is love in public. Because if you love someone, you don't only tell them that you love them, you show them that you love them. And the love of God, the face of God is seen in most clear form in the face of Jesus. And the face of Jesus is seen, comes into clearest focus in the face of us. Let me say that again. The face of God comes into clearest focus in the face of Jesus. And the face of Jesus comes into clearest focus in the face of us and our gathered communities. Chapter 5 says so, that one from Bethlehem will arise and shepherd God's own people in strength and in majesty and in the name of the Lord, and he will be our peace, the verb, the word becoming flesh and coming to live among us at Icon Community Church and at the church we hope for and at every church that there is. This is God's heart for his worshiping community, for his gathered community. The love of God in the face of Christ, in the face of Christ, in the face of us. We are postured um, right now at this moment in history in many places of pain. And the invitation for us in our communities is to look at these places of pain as opportunities for God's presence and God's promise. Whether it's in your life, your pain is precious. I don't know what you brought here this morning, but I just want to tell you that God sees you in the worshiping community this morning. We're all continuing to hold collective grief and compounded grief from multiple sources and sustained grief. And your pain is precious. And we have a God who sees you. I have seen the one who sees me 
declared Hagar, the first woman to ever name God. The first thing that I want to tell you is that God sees you and your pain is precious. It is named and it is known. The second thing is that we have this collective pain. And I don't know what's going on in your communities, but I can imagine that your communities have been affected through different sources of grief as well. And so my prayer is that as a gathered community and as a worshiping community who receives this invitation to act justly, to love kindness or loving kindness and to walk humbly with our God, that those relational words in the power of God's spirit and by God's spirit, that these words would dance and come alive and have the spark of the spirit in your communities. And that those places of pain, like Micah was crying out from the place of where you are in Decatur, Georgia, I believe. That from those places of pain, a people will see a light that rises up. And that they will see God's light, God's promises, and God's presence. That the love of God and the justice of God, and the loving kindness of God, and walking humbly with your God would come from this place, that your light would just shine all around. Dr. King said um, a phrase that has stuck with me many a time. Many of Dr. King's uh, phrases have stuck with me. He says, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I'd also like to say, that justice anywhere is a threat to injustice everywhere. That love in this church is a threat to unlove outside of this church. And so the type of worship that God loves, that reflects back God's character is relational. And it is an invitation to act justly, to love kindness and love mercy and to walk prudently and carefully and thoughtfully and humbly with one another, that we would do so with humility. So my prayer for Icon Community Church, for, for the staff, for the community, for all of you who are listening to the sound of my voice, that we would not have a book written to us like it was written in Micah, that it would not be said of us that we worship God and worship Jesus and yet miss God and miss Jesus, that it would not be said of us, that in our worshiping communities, we would come with burnt offerings and oils and our firstborn and 1,000 rams and that we would totally miss justice and loving kindness, covenantal kind of love and walking in humility that it would not be said of us. Let me pray for you all, sisters and brothers. Señor y Padre Celestial, te alabamos y te exaltamos porque eres Rey de Reyes, Señor de Señores, y nombre sobre todo nombre. Oh, Señor, tú que eres un Dios de justicia, un Dios de misericordia, un Dios de amor que nunca nos deja. I just ask for the same spirit that hovered over the waters of Genesis 1 and the same spirit that hovered over the prophets and the prophetesses like Micah, that this same spirit would hover over this worshiping familia, this worshiping community, icon community church. 
I wish I could call them each by name, but God, they're not a name to you and they're not a known. God, I wanna thank you for the work of this church and the presence of the church. And I pray for a special grace, a means of grace. I pray that by your spirit, you would teach my sisters and brothers how to act justly, how to love love or loving kindness and how to walk humbly with you, oh God. May this not be said of us. May this indictment of your church, of your worshiping community be not, not be said of Icon Community Church. But God, that they would be a witness bearing witness to the people around them that it must be God that walks among those people. It must be that your light of justice and your light of love would be so bright that it would be a threat to injustice and lack of love everywhere. And I pray all these things in the powerful and mighty name of Jesus the name that is above every other name, the name of the firstborn of creation who is before all things and above all things, that that name and the spirit of Christ would dwell in this community. Amen and amen. Thank you, church, for having me today. And I hope to one day visit you in person. Amen and amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, Thanks for listening to this message from Icon Community Church. Please visit us online at iconcommunitychurch.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.